Let's run it. FT live. Scotty Brown, AJ Przezinski, and Eric Kratz. Later on, like 15 minutes from now, Max Goodman from the Star Ledger on the New York Yankees eulogy. What did they do to Frazier? What did the guy do to Frazier? Thumbs that down. Was Mets. Yeah. Oh, well, whatever. Yeah, but he I was mean, in the we Yankees, were, wasn't he? No, we were playing for the Yankees, but it was a Mets fan when we had to play a game against the Rays in City Field. And he was just like, came to a Yankees Rays game in City Field and wore his match jersey and just sat like that. Did you guys love it? Yeah, that became the that became the shtick. You'd get a hit, get on first base. Everything was thumbs down. All the way through the playoffs, game seven, lost. See ya. Well, you know, um, you know the old saying about that. Win before you get to game seven. Yeah. We should have won. No. We did our best. We tried hard. That's all that mattered. <laughs> That is all that matters, okay, uh, from our, our two high school coaches. Uh, Kyle Gibson's going to join us in an hour, and Kyle is um, the veteran on the Baltimore Orioles who has now hit his 10th year of service time. So he can tell all the young kids in Baltimore to keep playing hard for another 10 years, and you can be <laughs> just like him when you end up on another team because they won't re-sign you. No, I'm kidding. I don't know. We'll see. Jonathan Mayo uh, talking to us about – the latest top prospects list. He writes for MLB Pipeline, friend of mine, did the draft for years together. He's got a book that came out. We'll chat with him coming very soon. And I want to remind everyone that if you're watching us right now on YouTube, this is also a podcast. If you're watching us on Stadium, this is also a podcast. If you type in Foul Territory and FoulTerritoryShow.com, if you want to check out some merch, just press the shop section. Okay, I'm done. Let's charge the damn mound, shall we? This sucks for the Rays. We knew that Shane McClanahan was done for the season. Now we get the confirmation in the past 24 hours that it is a second career Tommy John surgery for him. He is out now until the 2024 season. So, or through no, the 2024 25 season. 25 season. He won't pitch till 25. Right. I meant through. Hmm. We'll likely miss all of 2024. And then you'll see him again in 2025. This is why... In baseball, you don't get too high. Sometimes you can get too low. But don't get too high for a team that starts 13-0, 29-7. It's like, are they one of the best teams ever? No, they're not even close to one of the best teams ever. They're a good baseball team who unfortunately have gone through some really tough injuries. But it's becoming a very frequent occurrence, particularly for their organization. Not just Tommy John, like Jeffrey Springs, Drew Rasmussen, Shane Boz, but just pitching injuries in general. I don't have the stats, but they definitely occur more with the Rays than many other ball clubs. This is what we've, we've talked about this, though. The Rays go out and they tell guys, give me everything you've got every from the first pitch on. And they basically and have had more injuries, I think, because they use guys until they blow out mm -hmm. and they find a guy that can throw nothing but sliders and they're like, just throw 100% sliders. And then he's like, ah, and then they're like, okay, we'll find someone else that can do it. You know, it sucks. I mean, but they won with it. So of course us sitting here going, well, it's a bad way to do it. They're like, screw y'all. We're winning. We've won divisions. We've made it to the world series. We haven't won one yet, but we've, we've made our organization much better, but they've also, like you said, had a ton of guys go down. And if I'm if I'm a pitching person, if I'm a pitcher and I'm gonna go to the Rays, I'm like, man, you know, I want to know one what they do because they do help a lot of guys, but then they also I can't think of the last Rays guy, Kratzy, maybe you can help me out or Scott, but that has not gone through something. Chris Archer, maybe? Charlie Morton. Once he let who's that? Charlie Morton. Yeah, but he was only there a year or two, right? I mean, yeah, I'm talking about a guy that is a younger guy. Injury wise, you're yes, saying? injury wise. Oh. But he got out. He got out. He was hurt though. He had an injury. He got, and they only let him go five innings at a Chris time. Chris Archer has had a ton of injuries, but not while he was a. I don't remember him as a Ray, like going through it. Maybe, maybe he did. James Shields, maybe, would be yeah. the one that. Yeah. But that was what, that's a long. That was time like fifteen ago. years ago. That's a different. And he kind of different kind of kinda era, bounced, right? Yeah. He kind of bounced to his own beat of his own drum too. Like he was, but he was yeah, part but of you that know what last. I'm saying? Like when's the last? No, go ahead. I mean, no, but if you look at the Rays, Glass now, right? Tommy John, right? Now, McClanahan is second one. Boz, Rasmus, and Springs. I mean, the list goes on and on of guys there that have 
yeah, Yanni Chirinos when he was kind of good there. And, you know, now he's trying to make it still with Atlanta. You're right on Archer. He made 32 starts in 2014, then 34, 33, 34. And then in 2018, he was traded to Pittsburgh. So you got... But then he started getting hurt in Pittsburgh. Oh, yes. Right? So they traded him right before. Maybe they knew Which something. Which they're good at doing. They are good too, at that, too. They'll have a guy. And I don't know how much they're looking at projecting an injury versus projecting that the dude's going to make money. And they you know, don't spend in that category much, which is partially why they dealt Snell as well. They're like, all right, dude's getting more expensive, getting closer to free agency. They like to capitalize before um, the guy gets too close to free agency. And they do that pretty well. I will give them that. And same thing for Cleveland. The Guardians have done that now for years with some of their pitchers too, trading them before they get too close to free agency. But, the, but they don't have the, they also don't have the history of the injuries. They do not have the history of the injuries. I mean, they have some, but it's not like, I mean, it's like, I feel like every year the Rays have two, three, four guys a year that are like, Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, is there maybe it's just hyper this year because they got off to such a good start, and then it's been boom, 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 and they've kind of slowly gone back down to the pack. Right, if they would have been, if they would just would have played like this the whole time, I don't think it would be as glaring of a of a thing that you're talking about. Because if you know if they go instead of thirteen and zero, they're like nine and four, and they kind of keep stay. But they got off such a start, and then Baltimore kind of just went like this and caught them and passed them. And whereas now it's like the it's like they're going opposite directions, right? It's like one's going up, one's going down. Mm-hmm. And I think if it wouldn't have been such a glaring start where everyone's like, like you said, oh my gosh, this team's unbelievable. They're going to set the wins record thirteen and zero, blah blah blah. Like I said, yeah, right. no, I know. But then you see Rasmus and Springs, yeah. this guy, this guy. Now McClanahan, it's like that. I think people now look at it and are like, whoa, wait a minute, what what's happening here? Kratz, do you think if you're talking to one of your pitcher friends and they're looking around in free agency? And they call you and they go, hey, what do you think of the Rays? And I know you spent a minute there. Would you be neutral? Would you highly recommend them? Would you say just be careful because they unlock something, but for some reason there are a lot of injuries that do get racked up there? I will say the one other caveat, I do feel like teams like the Rays, the Dodgers do this too, will give more faith in a pitcher who's had injury history. Like the Dodgers are always signing dudes to like those weird like two-year deals. He's basically missing a year. The Rays do some of that as well, right? So not scared to draft a pitcher who's had Tommy John, which I believe McClanahan already had one Tommy John in college before they decided to pick him up. So I I will give them that too, right? Having faith in guys that maybe have had an injury history um, is something that also they're doing very well. I don't know about having faith in guys with injury histories, but yes, I I would tell guys in AAA all the time, if they asked me, hey, the Rays really want me. I would say 100% go there. But I also would have already talked to that guy in AAA. I talk to those pitchers all the time about what does it take for you to stay healthy? Teams, Rays, to the White Sox. Doesn't really matter. They don't want you to get hurt. But when you get hurt, it's only affecting you. It is not affecting the team. They are going to call the next, the, the next person up. And the Rays are just really good at that. So 30, I just looked it up, 33% of all big league pitchers have had Tommy John surgery. So I don't know that it's necessarily – I want to look at who has the most if the Rays are that high or if the Rays are higher than the league average. But to me, they call so many guys up, they're going to have more. I, I just don't know if they're going to have more of a percentage of a team, of, of the amount of surgeries that teams have. But, like – you are going to go to the Rays, and they are going to – they're not going to unlock something crazy. They're going to invest in you as a person, figure out what makes you successful, and you're going to go from there. And you're going to say, look, we have, we have pitchers that throw from here to here to here to here, and then from the left side, from here to here to here to here. And we're going to put you in situations. Cash is going to put you in situations to be successful. You might get dry humped three out of four games in a series and then throw the next three days. Like there might, and that kind of thing, you have to be, you have to be secure with what type of pitcher you are and how you need to have success and stay healthy when you go there, because they are going to use you. Some say abuse, but to me, it's your career and you need to be able to figure out a way to stay healthy through all the schmeck that you get thrown at. Yeah, but the problem with that, what he just said, though, is a lot of times these are younger guys. They don't have enough 
experience, yep. fortitude, whatever you want to call it, to say, I'm not getting up today. Because Kevin Cash comes to him, I guarantee you Kevin Cash goes to every reliever and every pitcher and says, can you pitch today? And when you're a young guy, oh, yeah, I can do it. I can go skip. And then he gets you up and he dry humps you, which means people that don't know what dry hump is, when you get up in the bullpen, you get hot and you don't get in the game. Those count too, right? So even though, yeah, oh, he didn't pitch today? Well, he was up, let's say, five out of six days. Well, that still takes a toll on your arm because you're still shoom, getting hot. But a lot of the times with the Rays, they're younger guys, right? They're not going out and getting a veteran. They're not getting Adam Ottavino or, or like a veteran guy that's been through the battles before. They're getting younger guys that either they claim off waivers or they develop through their system. And if, if I'm a younger guy and Kevin Cash and Kyle Snyder come up to me and say, hey, can you pitch today? I don't want to be the guy that says no. Because in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, they'll just send me back to Durham, AAA, and I might never get back because, oh, he couldn't pitch four out of five days, twice in 10 days, right? And it creates a reputation, too. I, I've also, heard it from big league managers, multiple big league managers. Have so-and-so, meh, you know, he doesn't always want to pitch. I'm like, okay, well, I'm maybe he's sore. Him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And again, Not every arm is the same, too. And, maybe, and when they do the, so now he's being honest, it sucks. So I get that part. And here's the thing, and Crassie will tell you this, um, teams – keep track of dry humps they do i think most teams do i yeah, teams up downs but when you look up downs is also the sesame street pg version okay i okay. couldn't say dry humps when i was oh, on tv okay. but well so but they, <laughs> but but here's the thing when you when and also when fans look at it when they like every day on mlb.com they do the bullpen usage for the last week it doesn't have dry humps on there it just has who pitched when yep. so like we don't know who was up and who because if you're not watching every game and you're not sitting there looking at the bullpen saying oh for the Rays, Jason Adam was up, you know, three days in a row, but he didn't get into a game on the bullpen usage. It says, Jason Adams hadn't pitched for three days. Why isn't he available? Well, because he got up three days in a row and didn't yep. get in the game. So there's a lot that goes into it. And listen, I hate to call it the Rays because they've done a great job as a franchise of, of using their resources and getting to the postseason and being competitive every year for, for the payroll and the stadium and everything we've talked about in the past. But like I said, I, I think what Kratz said was very – True when he said, you know, 33% of pitchers have had Tommy John, but it just seems like this year the Rays have been under the spotlight because of the start. Yeah, and Shane McClanahan was, what, a top three pitcher oh, yeah. in baseball he, last year. This he's year, an all-star, yeah, started the all-star game. This year the numbers were more in like the three-ish range for the ERA and still showed flashes of brilliance. There were some injuries mixed in. I think he had the back issue a little bit too. Yeah. But so. remember what it started with? Remember, Kratz, we had this conversation, I think, last week? What you guys it saw it. I mean, what, But what did it start it. with? What does it always start with? Forearm strain. Yes. Flexor. Right? Flexor tendon Flexor strain. Tendon. Yes. Right? And then it goes to Tommy John. Huge loss. This is a legit number one. Ace oh, 100%. In the game for the Rays, who will not be there for them for the rest of the year and really most importantly come playoff time for legit pitches. And then we can get into it more when we get more details, but I know our fans are going to be like, really? You're not going to mention Wander? We did the other day. Just on the playing side of things I not mean, having him yeah i'm saying in in the same week you learn mcclanahan is not going your to best be pitcher the rest of the year and your best position best player, player is out is for this week he ain't playing he's probably not coming back this year right i mean i mean i don't i don't know I, again we can't get into it because we don't you know can speculate though but i can't imagine this they already suspended him let's not forget for a couple games they Benched yeah. him or he whatever had, they want to call it. Issues. Remember, this, this is different. This is this is way. This is off the field. Yeah, and who was the guy from? Uh, this is Pittsburgh. a restricted Remember list. The guy He's from getting Pittsburgh? paid. He's getting service time. The guy from Pittsburgh, a couple the the, the lefty oh, closer. Oh, Felipe Vasquez. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It, this is how. Hit, I mean, I don't want to put them in the same light right. at all because he's in jail. Well, yes. But but what I'm saying is like this is kind of how it started with him. Remember. There was like a random post, and then this is a similar investigation. It's a hundred percent. Yeah, the crime accusation is. It's basically very similar, similar category. I mean, and but yeah, Vasquez went to jail. So yeah, I mean, I hope. Gosh, I mean, I hope. You know, we obviously hope this isn't true. Sure. I mean, one hundred percent. I don't. But want right to... now, there is a chance that they now will be without their two best players for the rest of the year. So yes. as far as what you're seeing on the field, it's going to be a very different Rays team for the rest of the season for sure. Without McClanahan and potentially on this front too, they've been pretty deep on the position player front. But just saying, like. We live nearby here. We're in Orlando. Like, it it sucks for Rays fans. Yeah. They were like, this is our year. First off, <laughs> let's pop off, okay? Presented by uh, Cookie Candy Pop. So what I want to do here is at times during the rest of the season, I would like to, boom, there you go. 
uh, say goodnight to teams that are done. And we haven't done this officially yet for this ball club. As you can see, we have a guest joining us right now. So first, let's say hello to Max Goodman, uh, who writes for NJ.com and the Star Ledger, covers the New York Yankees. Max, appreciate the time, man. How you doing? I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, so we made a little something special. So let's get to it as we um, sadly announce the passing of the New York Yankees playoff hopes. <laughs> So, okay, um, terrible loss again for the Yanks yesterday, Max, with uh, Acuna and Azuna homering and really just the offense looking putrid against the all-star Bryce Elder, one single against him, tons of double plays. My first question to you is, are we um, not accurately putting the tombstone up because should we have put an earlier date on that tombstone for their season? Or did you feel like last night finally said to you, I am not going to be working at ballparks in October. I think we got to that point a little while ago. Um, you know, we came into this road trip, nine game road trip against the lowly White Sox, the slumping Marlins, and then you've got a juggernaut in the Braves, right? But this is an opportunity for them to kind of turn their season around, uh, take advantage of an opportunity to, to make a statement, start to climb back in the standings. And they're on the verge of going two and seven on this road trip with some really brutal debilitating types of losses that you could put in the loss of the year category and if they lose tonight against the Braves which they haven't exactly proven in this series that they're going to contend with this World Series caliber team uh, they're going to drop under 500 and I believe they haven't been under 500 since the very beginning of 2021 uh, for them to be 500 right now it says a lot about where this team is and the only chance that they have is they return home for a homestand after this against the Red Sox and the Nationals. Maybe if you win all of those games or close to it, you can start to turn things around. But, you know, as much as the guys in that clubhouse are saying that they still have a run in them, they are running out of time. 42 games left, six and a half games out of a playoff spot. It's not looking good. You said this trip has really exemplified what the, their season is. What part of their team outside of the offense on this trip have you seen been like wow i didn't realize that they were that bad well I, I think it's the starting rotation because you know you look at the other day clark schmidt who has been mr consistency this entire summer uh really holding it down as the number two behind garrett cole in a rotation that's been just plagued with adversity nestor cortez out for the rest of the year that was a bombshell when we were in miami he was supposed to have a homecoming start uh, coming back to Hialeah, the Miami kid, and he didn't get to pitch, and he's out for probably the rest of the year. Frankie Montas is probably going to miss this entire season, a, a disastrous trade from last year. Luis Severino is having the worst season of his career. He called himself the worst pitcher in baseball, and Carlos Rodon is back on the IL as well. So finally, Clark Schmidt is, is putting it together, and he has the worst start of his career in his homecoming, coming back to Georgia, giving up eight runs to the Braves. And that might be a blip on his radar, but it's a testament to the fact that whenever anyone other than Garrett Cole is pitching and starting for this team, they are susceptible to clunkers and to putting this team in, in too big of a hole for the offense to climb out of. Because you said besides the offense, it really comes down to the offense, right? Because Severino goes out there yesterday and struggles in the first inning. And for all intents and purposes, the game was over because the offense just has not proven that they can put together multiple games in a row where they're producing and getting guys on base and driving them in. It's it's one or the other. And last night, one hit against a pitcher that, yes, he was an all-star and he's had a good, uh, a good season so far, but he came in, I think, with an ERA over seven in his last six starts. And this whole summer, they've been giving up those really bad outings against pitchers that come in struggling. So it, it's it's not a surprise at this point, you know? Okay, then whose fault is it? Is it Cashman? I don't want to say Aaron Boone should be fired because you only, as a manager, you're given the pieces, right? He tried it. They brought in Sean Casey. Offense hasn't gotten better. Everyone said Aaron Judge. And yes, the offense has been bad, but the bullpen has blown. I mean, Garrett Cole hasn't won. He's pitched great and hasn't won in a while because, I mean, the other day they blew, what, a five-run lead in the ninth or whatever, some crazy thing. So, I mean, the bullpen's gone. The starting pitching is all banged up. 
at what point does it not – I know everyone's calling for Cashman and Boone, but what about the people behind the scenes? And, and I, again, I'm not asking for someone to be fired, but you hear the names of the analytics guys. You hear the names of some of the trainers they brought in over the years. So who, whose head is going to roll? Someone's head has to roll this because they everyone went into this saying, this Yankees team has a chance to go to the World Series and make a deep run, and here they are. They're, they're, listen, they're not going to make the playoffs because, honestly, they don't have a 10-game win streak in them because they don't have the pitching. Their offense is too inconsistent, and so is their bullpen. Right. I think you can point fingers at literally every part of this organization this year. And I was thinking Boone might be the, the scapegoat here, but – like you said, I mean, it's not his fault. He's working with the roster that he has. Maybe he's made some questionable decisions with the bullpen or, or lineup construction or whatever it may be. So he is part of it, but it's the roster that Brian Cashman constructed. It's the money that owner house Steinbrenner invested. It's the guys behind the scenes. Like you said, the scouting department, the the analytics, the, the coaching staff, and quite frankly, it goes down and, and the biggest finger probably should be pointed at the players. Right. I mean, the Yankees never anticipated that Giancarlo Stanton, DJ LeMahieu, Josh Donaldson, who's out of the picture right now, these these veterans, Anthony Rizzo, they'd be having the worst seasons of their careers and regressing across the board. And in a year where Aaron Judge misses two months of the season and Garrett Cole is having a Cy Young caliber year, Judge has has been a star when he's been healthy. And right now he's playing through a, a torn ligament in his right big toe. He's, he's going out there and doing his best. It's, it's the rest of this roster, the guys surrounding them, that have been incredibly inconsistent the whole year. Or you could say that they've been consistently mediocre, right? Because they're 500, but they've been 500 in their last 226 games, going back to the early parts or middle parts of last season. They're 113 and 113. So this isn't something new necessarily. And like you said, they, they, don't, they don't necessarily have that run in them, right? If it's going to take a 90-win season to pass the Blue Jays, for that final spot in the wild card race, they've got to play 18 games over 500 to get to 90 wins over their last 42 games. I don't think they have that in them. I don't know about you guys, but they, they haven't proven that they can do that. No, we don't think so. That's why we put the tombstone up with the old Yankees hat and the date of today. Although we said it on the weekend, last Friday, they were done. If Cashman goes, which I don't think he should be fired. I don't think that's fair to a guy that's done so much. What is his biggest misstep, the team he's created or the people that I think should be fired that he's hired to be put in this situation? I'm not talking about Booney. I think Booney and Cashman should stay. I think they had, they should get next year yet. But the people he put he, in the last few years, and I was there before, I saw some people taking roles and creating the team that they wanted to create because you have – Let's get everybody that hits the ball as hard as possible on the team. They picked everybody up. They had Gallo, G, um, Judge, other guys that were hitting the ball super hard, sinker slider pitchers. And that's what's created this roster. So what's his biggest misstep? Hiring those people or allowing them to sign those people? I think it was pretty telling the other day when – you know, they're, they're getting blown out by the Braves and a couple of the reporters in the, the clubhouse were asking, what is it about this Atlanta team that's different from yours? And and Boone was saying that it's a, a balanced lineup and it's pretty simple. Right. But but the Braves put the ball in play. They string hits together. And yes, they have the guys that can hit mammoth home runs and, and test the limits of stat cast with with exit velocity and barrel rate and all that good stuff. But they're just a cohesive and comprehensive offense. And we really haven't seen that from the Yankees this year. I'll, I'll answer your question from, from my perspective and being around the players in that room and, and seeing the team play every day. I think it's the, the decisions that Cashman made and maybe it's the background information that influenced him to, to maybe make some mistakes and some things you can't always control in terms of injuries, but going out there and getting Frankie Montas, it really didn't work out. Going out there and getting Joey Gallo and Josh Donaldson, both of those trades didn't work out. It, it's, it's, like you said, he's built a, a tremendous product here, and the Yankees have had a, a winning record and been a postseason team for much of his tenure. They've had a winning record every year in his tenure, except possibly this year. But in these last couple of years, this roster that's been built has been the reason why they've fallen flat and they haven't been able to achieve their expectations. I mean, the expectation here is they win a World Series, right? And right now they're, they're clinging to a 3% chance of making the playoffs according to fan graphs with, you know, a month and a half less than this, le left in the season. 
that's a testament to a, an organization that, like I said, I think you can point fingers up and down that that guys just haven't done the right thing. And and is it their fault? Is it bad luck? Is it just a perfect storm of everything going wrong? I think that it's a, a case study for years to come with a team that has the second highest payroll in the major leagues. Okay, so let me ask you this then, since we're trying to place blame, but I, I mean, I hate placing blame on one person or, or one thing. Can we say this as someone that covers the Yankees every day? And this is not on Stanton. The, when they made the move for Stanton, that progressively put him on the road to where they are now. Because of his contract, and listen, I'm for the players getting every dollar they can. But everyone said this. When the Yankees made that move for the Marlins, Derek Jeter was laughing because he's like, ha, you guys just took our biggest payroll nightmare off of us from the previous ownership, and we gave it to the Yankees. And the Yankees took it. And at the time, it was you know Stanton, Judge, Torres at the time, right? And then they go get Gallo, and everyone's saying, man, this team can just hit homers and outmash everybody. Then you bring in Garrett Cole. But to me, that is when I look at it, that's kind of when, because I think he came at, after 2017, right, when they lost to the Astros in the, in the cheating thing, the whole deal. So after that, it's kind of been a slow decline for the Yankees every year, I feel like. And was that the start of it? And again, it's not Stanton's fault. He didn't want to get traded. He signed the deal he signed. But that was kind of where, like Kratz was saying, whoever made that move, whether it was Cashman or the analytics department, kind of started the trend down for the Yankees. Well, they invested quite a bit of money in Stanton, right? And and it's a player that as good as he can be, and when he's on and he goes on those stretches where he is the best hitter on the planet, and sometimes it's a little confounding because he has such a unique swing, and you guys can speak to this. Like sometimes it looks like he's lost at the plate and his timing is completely out of whack, but then other times he looks like the best hitter ever, and he's able to hit these 500-foot home runs. So the thought process was there, right? You're, you're putting another all-time slugger, generational, prodigious power type of guy into that lineup with Aaron Judge, but the balance around it wasn't there either. And when Stanton's missing time every single season with lower body, soft tissue type injuries, maybe more of Judge's injuries have been unlucky, hit by pitches, running into a, a, the concrete slab at the bottom of a wall at, at Dodger Stadium. That's another reason here because you're investing all of that money and then that's going to be a detriment to the depth that you have around that player. And then you go into last off season and you had to bring judge back. You brought Rizzo back, but the offense that was their downfall in the playoffs last year, they didn't address it. And they, they brought in Carlos Rodon as another ACE and that didn't work out either. He missed three months of the season with injuries. So like I said earlier, it is just a perfect storm here. And as much as the Yankees are a, multi-billion dollar organization they've shown that they don't want to exceed that final luxury tax threshold and as much as their payroll is right up there at 300 million it's not like they can just pay for everybody and go absolutely bonkers with the payroll higher than they already are that that seems like their track record here in the last couple of years so when you're paying as much as you are to stanton you're paying as much as you are to cole and judge and some of the veterans like donaldson and severino they've got some of that money coming off the books lemayhew's contract isn't aging well that's going to be a detriment to the rest of the roster, right? Because you don't have as much money to work with. And I think that's part of the reason why they didn't go all in at the trade deadline and make some moves because they didn't have the, the financial space to make that happen. Okay. Name me a player on the Yankees, and I know Judge was out for a while, that's having a good year. Can you name me a position player-wise? Because I'm looking at the stats right now. Glaber Torres leads the Yankees with OPS at 766. I, I mean, that – 766, that's a slightly above average player, right? I mean, Rizzo, I know, had the concussion thing. Stanton's missed time. Judge's missed time. But they always were able to find guys. LeMahieu, OPS 691. Volpe, 680. These are below average players. Donaldson hasn't done anything. I know they lost Trevino, but Higashioka and hasn't done much, right? I mean, there's fans that say IKF, who has taken a beating all year, is their best player. Go, Can you imagine a scenario where we're in August, what is it, August 16th today, Yankee fans are saying IKF and they're defending IKF, who previously they have just massacred, is their best player? Right. I was going to say Glaber Torres, but then I was going to note IKF as well. And so I'll go in that order. Uh, Torres' numbers have been great in Yankee standards, and he's been an above average hitter at a premium position in second base. I think that some of the, the criticism with his base running and, and the errors, maybe that's amplified because of just 
how bad the season has gone as a whole for everybody. Uh, it's been a resurgent season for Torres, and I think that they have a decision to make there because he's entering now. Next year will be his final year under contract. Do you want to extend him? Do you want to trade him? Maybe open up a spot for one of your youngsters like Oswald Peraza coming up behind him who hasn't played. Maybe he's turning into one of those prospects that the Yankees just haven't given that opportunity to. I heard, Eric, your comments on, on Davey the other day. We're starting to get to that territory, Esteban Florial, with, with someone like Peraza. But I digress. Uh, Glaber's had a good year. But that's a testament also to the guys around him and the fact that the offense has not been the Bronx Bombers, you know, a team synonymous with blowing teams out and, and putting up crooked numbers. They haven't been doing that. So that's why Torres has been leading the way. He's been pretty consistent. But Kiner Falefa is, is really one of the stories of the entire season, because like you alluded to, he was a failure at shortstop last year. He'll be the first one to tell you he's the most accountable and candid player in that clubhouse. Uh, and and he is such a team first guy, also in his final year, uh, a walk year here. And he's showing that he can play multiple positions. He's versatile. He's even pitched a little bit. Uh, and, and he's hitting, I don't have the stat offhand, but I think it's pretty much 300 since very early in the season, maybe like mid-May. Uh, the only guy on the Yankees with a runners in scoring position average over 300. So he's taking advantage with guys uh, on second and third. He's He's driving runs in. He's starting rallies he's playing good defense at third he has had a tremendous season and those are the kinds of things that you would see from the yankees as peripheral players but this year it's it's just been him and torres as the the only consistent and reliable producers on offense so max how much turmoil do you think will be created in the off season so i'm going to give you a little context here because our youtube chat is always full of insight and especially on this case in this conversation Ben Ruda is in the chat right now who played in the Yankees minor league system recently and he threw a few comments out there I fully expect them to clear house in the minor leagues all the coaches were brought in by Dylan Lawson and the analytics guys Lawson's the hitting coach who was let go they will change developmental culture back to old Yankees days keep in mind I played in the Yanks org before analytics 2016 to 18 and then after 18 to 20 stark difference in developments I asked for an example he said here's all you need to know in 2020 before COVID hit spring training we played a game called pitchers versus hitters the only way to score a point was to walk or hit a ball 95 miles an hour plus um, and there's no baseball being taught there anymore no base running moving runners fundamentals etc your thoughts and have you heard of any dissension between what's going on there with Cashman going overboard on numbers and analytics guys, and then saying like, here's Brian Sabian, here's Omar Minaya, here's Sean Casey. Seems like there's a lot of shit going on behind the scenes. Right. And that's what I was going to say. You bring Casey in, Andy Pettit is here with the Yankees in Atlanta. It seems like they're starting to go back to the just pure baseball minds and maybe go a little bit away from the, the analytics first type of mentality. And, you know, Lawson, I think he was a scapegoat for an offense that the players just were not producing, but it's true, right? I mean, he, his mentality was hit strikes hard and the Yankees were very reliant on the home run, which good teams are, but when you're, you have a toxic relationship with the, the three true outcomes and that's Joey Gallo in a nutshell, the walk, the strikeout and the home run, it's, it's no surprise to see the Yankees having the second worst batting average in all of baseball this year. They're hitting 232 as a team and they're not recently they have, but they're not walking as much as they have in the past and they're not stringing guys together. Rallies and crooked numbers are very rare right now with this team, which you look back to their last championship back in 2009, look at the stats that that team had. I mean, the, the bottom of their order was still tremendous and you've got guys putting up career years and stringing hits together and making pitchers uncomfortable. We're not seeing that at all with this team, you know, on, uh, what was it, TBS or, or TNT last night, the, the post-game show, Pedro Martinez called the Yankees Chihuahuas. And, and you know, you get that vibe based on looking how the other teams are playing. And then you look into the Yankees dugout and they have these blank stares and, and they just seem like a lifeless uh, dead team walking. And yes, it still is in front of them, right? They could go on a run. It's possible they're, they're mathematically in it. And they do have on paper the, the type of talent to succeed here, but as I've been saying, I'm beating this drum here. They haven't proven that they can do that. So it would be, it would be uh, miraculous for them to to go on that kind of run and and sneak into the playoffs. And then, are they going to go deep into October if that happens? It's hard to see it. How can it be changed? Because that Ben Ruda, who was just 
commenting there. I remember his name from being with the Yankees organization. Like, how can this be changed? Because this, he is exactly, he is spot on. I don't know about the games that they were playing, but he's spot on. And that's kind of what I was alluding to with Davey is I don't think Matt Blake killed him. I don't think Matt Blake hurt his chances. It was the guys that they put with him at the alt site, pitch, like pitching coaches that didn't know what it was like to pitch in the big leagues. And I'm not saying you have to know what it's like, but you have to be able to ask other people. And you have to be able to grow those guys and cultivate those guys. And they haven't been able to call guys up from the minor leagues to help a team that's struggling. So where do the Yankees go from here? You can't get rid of everybody but Judge and Cole. And and Rizzo, you know, will be back when his concussion is done. If it's done, you know, where, where do they go from here? That's the issue, right? Because as much as Cole and, and Judge and the other stars on this team are superstars in the primes of their careers, it's only going to last for so much time, right? And, and at a certain point, those guys are not going to be as good as they are right now. Cole has an opt-out after next year. Would he consider going out and testing the open market? It certainly seems like he'd get a raise if he did that. Obviously, Judge is the captain. He's, he's not going anywhere. But that's the issue with what we're talking about here. If it's going to take a step back in the, the, the depths of the farm system in the organization and, and maybe a bit of a reversal in, in philosophy behind closed doors, that might take some time for you to start to reap the benefits of it and, and the repercussions of maybe years of poor decisions and, and what's being said behind the scenes. You're seeing that right now in a division, right, that, that it's going to be hard for them to win this division for the next decade. It seems like the Orioles aren't going to go anywhere. They're not even reaching their peak with the prospects that they have coming up. The Rays aren't going anywhere. The Blue Jays are still there. And, and the Red Sox are, you know, competitive as much as I think the Yankees might end up having a better record than them at the end of the year. They're there too, right? I mean, this is not the time for the Yankees to take a step back. And it wouldn't be Yankee-like for them to maybe go into a rebuild or have a soft rebuild. And that's part of the reason why they didn't trade guys away and, and totally wave the white flag at the trade deadline earlier. So, to answer your question, I'm not really sure. I'm sure that they're thinking about that behind the scenes right now and trying to scramble and figure out how they can attack this offseason because it's a pivotal offseason for this team. You don't want to waste another year of Judge and Cole in 2024. So you've got to make the right moves, the right signings with whatever financial uh, space that they do end up having and maybe bring in some fresh minds to, to try to spark this club and, and hit the ground running in 2024. Max, thanks for all the insight, man. Really good combo. And yeah, on, on the fun side too, it's all sports. Like, but we, we, I think we did it right on the eulogy. That's it. Yeah. That's it. If that, you know, so if that, fork in them, baby. If that game is Sorry. true that Ben Ruda told us about, that is the craziest thing I've ever heard. Cause that's not teaching guys shit. You would have lost your mind. Oh, I, cause I didn't walk and I didn't hit the ball hard. <laughs> I never would have scored a point. You wouldn't have made it in the big leagues then on the Yankees. I didn't want to make it on the Yankees anyways. <laughs> Max, thank you, dude. Uh, you're great. So uh, love following what you're doing and uh, we'll talk to you maybe in the off season. Sounds like a plan. Thanks so much Sweet. for having me guys. Have a good thank one. Thank you. You too. Max Goodman. You can follow him at Max T Goodman and uh, he covers the Yanks for NJ advanced media. So that's NJ.com and the star ledger. And for our cookie pop, candy pop fam, visit cookiepopcandypop.com. Enter code foul ball F O U L B A L L for 20% off. Um, let's hit the hot corner. Just a couple topics for you. Woo. Luis Robert was feeling it yesterday <laughs> in the White Sox and the Cubs little crosstown battle. Luis Robert Jr. Um, received a warm welcome from Cubs fans. And if only we had someone on this show that's been there before. I want to know the kid's name. Can we get the kid's name with the, the middle finger right there? We got to find him out. Him and his. Buddy next to him. Look at him. At least Robert's Absolutely. shushing him. And then you got the Yankee, the double thumb down guy next to him. I mean, is that's that the best feeling his... in the world, man. Yeah. Is that his buddy or his dad next to him? I don't know. Whoever it was. They were next. One guy was giving him the one finger salute. The other guy's, ah, oh, you suck. And mm -hmm. one guy's, eh, that's the best. Luis Robert? Luis Robert, that ball. Suck. No, that ball was smashed. And his reaction when he hit that ball, he hit it, turned around like to the fans, looked, and like, Great bat flip, and then walked around the bases. Good for you, Luis. Good for you, oh, yeah. Bob. That was freaking outstanding. I taught you well. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and then he shushed him. Shush! Is that the only thing you taught him? I mean, I didn't teach him how to steal bases or play center field. So, okay. Uh, All right, that's what I was going to ask. <laughs>
but no, I mean, listen, man, when you go again, we've, we've kind of hit on this a little bit. It's down now because the rivalry isn't what it was when both teams were really good and both teams were going for the playoffs every year. That, I mean, I played in the Yankees, Red Sox. I played Cubs, Cardinals, Giants, Dodgers, uh, you know, Giants, A's, whatever you want to say. That rivalry, when I was there, was, you know, we had Ozzy taking shots and Dusty Baker was there and all these guys and fights and this and that. But I'm telling you right now, I mean, that rivalry for me was the best rivalry going because it was in one city. Now, I didn't play in the Subway Series, but in one city, when it was Sox-Cubs, it was a different day when you woke up. And especially when we went to Wrigley, because you knew there was going to be fights in the stands, and you knew something crazy was going to happen, and uh, it was it was what I looked forward to every time. Can I wear those today? You I have would... your own. No, I want to try those. No, because you'll steal them. No, come on. All right, so just want to let everyone know. I think I got the same ones as Kratz. Kratz looks like the Sunny D, the Sunny D son with that yellow hat and the sunglasses and the big smile. You know, Sunny D, the big. That's what Kratz looks like right now. You, you guys always like... look so intimidating when you put your shady rays on. Like these things make me happy. Like you guys yeah, always yeah. like. Because I'm doing Magnum. No, I smile. AJ's very serious. He's, He's very just a serious, serious guy in general. These, <laughs> Lighten up. My, mine are polarized as hell. I'll tell you that. They're all polarized. Read the read. I know that. I, of <laughs> course. <laughs> read the read. You read the damn read. I can't read. Premium polarized shades <laughs> that shades will not break the bank. Our friends at Shady Rays, we appreciate them for um, always providing us with world-class sunglasses. And you don't have to break the bank to pull them off. Okay? Important to us and... Our FT fam, okay? We're looking for brands like Shady Rays that are for the people, giving them the highest quality sunglasses without making them pay a ton of money to get them. And also, we love their lost and broken replacements plan that they have. So if you lose or break a pair, even right away when you get them, they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. And you can wear them with confidence. And you can also wear them being like, oh no, I can't break these. I got to be super careful. Like, Relax, okay? It's life. It's sunglasses. They want to make sure that you guys just feel good about what you're doing and you're not treating it like a ring that you're going to put in a box. So uh, if you also don't love them, you can exchange them for um, a new pair or return them free within the first 30 days. Exclusively for our listeners, you can hit up ShadyRays.com for their best deal of the season. 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses if you use the code FOUL, F-O-U-L. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Let's finish our conversation from earlier. So we were getting into the Yankees' weirdness in terms of player development, and it's very, very relevant. Kratz, you played for this team not long ago, but also if you look at how many homegrown players are coming out of their minor league system, it's pretty concerning. They're, They're not grooming stars, especially on the position player side. But... Um, wanted to just continue the conversation that we had with um, Ben Ruda in the chat, who's helping us out today with some more insight on what's going on in the minors. So I encourage you to listen to earlier in the show about the game that they were playing where you get points only for walking or hitting a ball hard enough um, in the minor leagues. He said um, another game that was going down in the minors was the Yankees minor leaguers would get radar gunned for how fast you could throw a medicine ball from your hitting stance. Radar gun. Tees were banned, hitting tees. Only training was to maximize how hard you can hit a ball. Not how to hit. Not how to get out of a slump, picking spots to be aggressive, hunting a pitch, strategies with runners in scoring position. All important hitting combos that make successful big leaguers. So that's what he said. And then he said, the stories I have are funny looking back. I was older. I had some success in the minors already. Me and the guys with experience would always talk about how bad we felt for the new guys. They did not have the ability to stand up for themselves. Okay, have fun. Who wants to start? I like Kratzko. He was a Yankee coach for a while. Yankee coach? <laughs> I, <was laughs> I mean, a catch, backup catcher. Sorry. I was a stud in AAA. I played all the time. Slash, no, I didn't. But... I, I saw it right as I was and, – and you were right, AJ, when you said it before. You're like, ah, like 2017 is where it kind of shifted. They got, they, got rid of, they got rid of first base coach, third base coach, manager, bench coach, all in 2017 in the big leagues. And then from 18 till 20 when I left, the hirings in the minor leagues, it started – 
it started in the lower levels and then it started matriculating up to the the higher levels of where it was like we're we're getting guys with college experience coaches guys that are creating these types of games that you're talking about some of them are really really good guys some of them are not very good hitting coaches and so when you start having that as your main your main focus on your on your development you're missing so many huge pieces it's like trying to tell somebody like all you have to do is hit the ball hard and you'll be a big leaguer because there's so much more that goes into it there's preparation there is routines there is just how you conduct yourself as a professional and i think the yankees have done that so well they have done that like maybe better than many organizations that I've been with in the sense of how they prepare guys for media and all that stuff. But we're talking about on field things and the guys that are getting called up right now that have stuck are extremely talented, not produced players. It's like guys that came in and they were 20 years old and they're like already, you know, a superstar athlete. And you're missing out on so many other guys. You're missing out on a Brett Gardner type. Like Brett Gardner, there's no way they would have sat there analytically and looked at what he did and been like, yeah, he doesn't hit the ball that hard. He looks unorthodox as, you know, the way he's swinging. He has the most, he is the most in the last, I don't know, 16 years. I think he has the highest war of anybody besides Aaron Judge coming out of their minor leagues. And I think I think he's still higher than Aaron Judge, but like they just they missed the boat with the people that they fired that were awesome with the organization, and then the hirings they've just gone away from what it what it takes to get to the big leagues. Well, this is the the fine line, right? Analytics versus players, and they're playing the Braves. The Braves have baseball players that just also happen to be really good at it, okay? But the, the number one thing I think that teams, not only the Yankees, but other teams are missing is guys that love to play baseball. And you need dudes that want to play baseball every single day. Look at the Braves, guys. Until Albies went on the DIL, Olsen, Albies, Riley, Acuna had played every game the entire year. Every game. And when you talk to Brian Snicker about it, he says, I put my lineup in every day, the same, nine. It's it's like print and paste. Now he switches Murphy and Darno sometimes. But other than that, it was the same nine dudes every single day. Then we talk about Aaron Boone and we talk about a lot of these analytical teams. What do they do? Boop, boop. Guys are moving all over the place, right? Doop, 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 doop. We're going to put him at leadoff. We're going to put him at eighth. We're going to put him at second. We're going to put him fourth just because of the matchups. Guys as players, and I think Kratz, I hope, will back me up here. You want to know where you stand as a player. And if I know going into the year, I remember 2008, Ozzie Gein came up to me, and it was about May, and he goes, we're going to hit you second all, the rest of the year. I was like, awesome. Because Orlando Cabrera was our leadoff guy. He got on base, and I could bunt, and I could, we could hit and run, and we could – and I was like, oh, this is awesome. But I knew. Or if, it, like, when I was with the Twins, Guardy was like, you're going to hit eighth. I'm like, Cool. But you could hit. This sounds like but what I'm it's saying, a development listen, issue. It is a development issue. But also, if they're telling them, they're not teaching them how to make winning plays at the big league level. What Kratz is saying is all they're telling them is if you hit the ball hard, you're going to – No, it's not always about hitting the ball hard. It's also about can I – runner on second, no outs in the ninth inning, we're tie game. Can I roll a ball over as a lefty and get him over to third so the next guy can hit a sack fly? It doesn't have to be 95 miles an hour. It can be 88 miles an hour. But as long as it's sack fly and the guy from third can score, who cares, right? But then you get the guy that, oh, yeah, like, I mean, we're picking, we're kind of picking on Stan today, and I hate to do it because he's a great player. But, yeah, he hits the ball really hard. But also, how many times have we seen him, and this is, goes for a lot of these, Gallo, you can throw him in there too. Yeah, he hits the ball really hard. But you throw him three sliders with a runner on third and one out, guess what he does? He strikes out. And then there's – then. We're, then we don't win the game or we lose the game, but then the next day we're down 5 nothing, and you hang a slider and he hits a solo homer. You're like, there it is. He exit Milo. I don't care. Yeah, We lost the game, right? Mm -hmm. So I give you guys that can hit when I need them to hit and do what they need to do, 
And I understand the analytics side of it, but give me – I think we have Kyle Gibson coming on. Yep, Ask right. him as a pitcher who he'd rather face. Would he rather face a big guy that can hit a home run one out of every 20 at-bats or Luis Arise who will just go boop or get the guy over or bunt or whatever, put pressure on him? <laughs> Let's slap. <laughs> Grats hats with the yellow hat today. Are you wearing the Boston City Connects? Boston City Connect? Nope. Wasn't there for that. I worked for him during that year. Another Brewers hat. This is the uh, Players Weekend hat. I thought it was pretty sick coloring. They give us like blue. They gave us like blue bats. It was awesome. I like that. I mean, it stands out a ton. And I will say, because we haven't touched on this with the Boston City Connects, Look at their record the past oh, two seasons. It. They've crushed it. Yeah, it's, it's become like a regular them, question. They them on the road. They said no. I know. They said MLB. They're not allowed to play play with them on the road. But By the way, I'm glad crazy. you wore that yellow hat today because my slap hands fits perfectly with your yellow hat. So can we roll Cratch's slap hands with his yellow hat? Look at that. Sunny D and Cratch. <laughs> <laughs> is that Sunny D or is that just a sun? No, it's Sunny D. Google smiling Sunny D. Oh, That's what man. comes up. Sunny D. Did you guys like that stuff as a kid? I mean, it was it was orangey. Um, no, no comment. No comment. I mean, yeah. Oh, you think Sunny like, D is going to be a sponsor? Tastes like sugar water. I don't want to piss that sun off. He looks like oh. he. How happy that sun. Yeah, is. he looks like he's happy there, but I don't. I wouldn't want to piss him off. Um, tomorrow on the show, <laughs> Russ Dorsey's back and Tommy Canley of the New York Yankees, who maybe didn't check out today's show. Hopefully not. No. He's been doing good, though. Yeah. Jeez. Tommy's fine. Tommy's great. He'll be so, honest about it. By yeah. the way, happy birthday, you Darvish and Martin Maldonado, who we got to interview on Saturday on the Astros Angels. So That's right. Happy birthday also. He's to jealous Michigan. of your knees. Well. 18 years in the show. Doesn't 19, feel a get thing. it right, bitch. 19 years in the show. Doesn't feel a thing. See you on Thursday. Hey, FT Live fam. If you're new to the party on the BetMGM Sports app, enter the promo code FOUL, F-O-U-L, for up to $1,000 back if your first bet loses. It's simple. Ready? Download the BetMGM Sports app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Sign up and deposit into your newly created account. Place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if it loses. If the bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once the wager is settled. Gotta use the bonus code, FOUL.